welcome to the X-Factor Team Roping Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and go to xfactorroping.com. Well, we're filming today with uh, Jackie Crawford, and uh, we're just going to talk to her a little bit about her life's journey and just kind of the process of how you know, got to this point where you're at. And uh, you know, so Jackie, what's really interesting to me is, you know, you didn't really grow up in the, the rodeo environment or that wasn't something that you were really used to at all. Uh, you were born in, and kind of raised till you were 11 or 12 in Chicago? In Illinois. Well, it's south of Chicago, more right outside of St. Louis. But yeah, I grew up um, just up there. We pretty much ran barrels and poles and that was kind of all speed events. And um, then me and my mom moved to Oklahoma when I was about 11, 10 or 11. And um, we went to you know, took our horses to go to a junior rodeo or something. And, you know, that's the first time that, not that they didn't have it in Illinois. I was kind of too young and there wasn't as much of it, but I finally got to go and there was tons of kids that roped and, and all these, they had it every weekend. And, you know, when I saw that and I saw all those kids roping, it was like, oh, that looks so fun. You know, not that right. I didn't love the barrels and, and all that stuff and have a total respect for it, but, um, the rope and just it immediately just got me and so so how old were you when you first picked up a rope you know I picked up a rope when I was shoot I was probably I bet I was 11 12 when I tried it and well actually one time one time they had a junior rodeo in Illinois and I remember this and I'd never wrote before in my life and I got on I think my dad's horse I was maybe eight, nine, and I was going to try to rope the calf out of the box. I'd never done it before. Right. <laughs> well, it was a team roping horse, and I just remember that I ran out there, and I got close, and all of a sudden, the horse ducked off, and I freaking, boom, <laughs> face planted. So it was not a good experience, but then um, when I got to Oklahoma, I picked it up and kind of played with it, but I didn't have a roping horse, and, you know, I tried a little bit, um, probably when I was 11, 12, and then when I, uh, I didn't do it a whole lot because I just, you know, didn't have an arena, didn't have cows, didn't have anything. And um, I thought that I was going to get to enter. And my mom, you know, she told me all summer, she's like, well, if you practice and rope that dummy, we'll try to get you get you going. Well, when it come time to enter, I hadn't practiced enough for her. You know, of course, you're I'm 13 year old kid and, you know, thinking that you're practicing a lot and um, just was kind of by myself and not really around that environment. So. She said, no, you're not going to enter. You didn't, you know, you didn't practice enough. And so then I got really mad about that. And uh, so then I started practicing and really getting with it. And I turned a barrel horse that was just kind of crazy and ended up being an outstanding little breakaway horse. So when I first initially started going, I guess my freshman year, I was uh, 14, I think. And, and, and I started roping, but she wouldn't let me high school rodeo yet. I wasn't allowed to rodeo until I got a little bit better. So my sophomore year, she let me start going and, um, and to like the high school rodeos and more of the, the things in roping. So that's really when I started getting into it was my sophomore year. So. so pretty much as a freshman, you took a barrel horse that really hadn't been roped on. Mm -hmm. um, did you have an arena or anything no. at that time? No, no. We've the first arena I've ever owned was at 30 years old, and that's this arena right here. <laughs> and so um, we didn't have an arena. We didn't have uh, calves. We would set a bale of hay on like a piece of plywood, and my mom would get on a horse and she would pull that for me. And I, I had a 
uh, you know, a head I would stick in that bale of hay, you know, sometimes, sometimes I just rope the hay, but uh, we would just pull that for hours and hours, just trying to get it figured out, just trying to get to where I could ride to it and swing my rope good and my horse would stay there and, and rope. And so that was, I mean, countless hours of doing that. Um, and then we had, you know, I got lucky enough that in between there, I had people that were willing to help. You know what I mean? I think that when people see that, you know, you have a good work ethic and you're appreciative of the help, they're willing to help you. And so I was lucky enough to have people that helped me and let me come to their place and rope. And, um, you know, without that, there's no way that I could be doing what I'm doing right now. So, yeah, we, we turned the barrel horse in sophomore year got after it and I think I ended up like eighth in the in state of Oklahoma and then um kept going after that and junior year I won state and so that was pretty that was a big accomplishment for me to come from you know freshman year of just starting and right. to junior year winning state against girls that I thought were amazing so right. was it all on that same horse where oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah she ended up being outstanding she she ended up being great um she got hurt and I I had to um retire after my junior year um I'd got like two rodeos under my senior year and then I ended up having to um get a different horse and start my senior year on it so that's pretty cool to to hear though is just how you know creating those opportunities and and mm -hmm. being able to just take basically what what you have and and make it work like we're hoping a bale of hay and, and so <laughs> oh, yeah there's there's always a way that if if you want something bad enough you know it doesn't it doesn't take money you know what I mean it, it just takes it takes a lot of try and so um you know that's uh, my senior year when that horse got hurt that we had made um we had some other horses around there and I mean I remember getting on this one horse to try and to break away and he was you know just a cheap I think he was maybe they had headed on him or something there was some horse we had that we were just trying to roll and make money on and he would come out of the calf roping box and granted he stood probably 15 to um and we would come out of the calf roping box and he would run in a straight line it didn't matter where the calf went he would run in a straight line and i would just have to try to throw wherever i could to try to get the right. calf and so that's what i tried to do for a while and then finally found a found a little horse that that i ended up getting my senior year and she took me all the way through college and won the nation won the region on her three times and so it worked out worked out great so those first handful of years too i mean trying to learn how to rope and mm -hmm. and putting it together with training i mean there's got to be how did you know how much you like the sport or when did you start to realize like this is this is what i want to do because i'm sure that that was a, a really tough process to learn i mean it what doesn't sound like it's an easy thing uh you know i, I mean Granted, I had a great mom who pushed me, and even when you wanted to back off, you know, she pushed me harder. And but, you know, I think that uh, the part that was hard for me was here I am, this kid that's trying to start. We don't have money. We're pulling up to the rodeos in a, um, you know, rickety old trailer. We have a single cab truck, no air conditioner, fender ripped off, you know, and just tack that just you know sometimes is wired up or bailing twined up and you know and but I mean granted I mean my mom always made sure that I had something to compete on and you know worked her butt off to do that but you know we might be sleeping in lawn chairs outside the trailer and you know 
washing your face, brushing your teeth with that. And I'm looking up and looking at all these fancy living quarters trailers, these kids getting showers and, you know, good night's sleep and all this stuff on these awesome horses that are finished. And, and, you know, it's, it's sometimes you're like, I'm just, I'm not in the right, you know what I mean? You just didn't really feel like I fit in all the time, you know? And right. so, um, you're just like, man, I, I just don't know if I'm in this, the right spot, even though this is what I want to do. But the more that, you know, you work at it and you, the more time you put into it, and then you start to realize that you can be good at it. And so it was kind of fun to pull up in that on a horse that you had made, you know, no, you don't have the best stuff. No, you don't have, you know, maybe all the opportunities or arena in your backyard or calves or, you know, you're dad's saddling your horse ready when you got out of school you might not have all that but when you put in the time and then you get there and you win on that horse you made and you start to see the progress and realize that you could be good and then you know that's when I think more desire to be even better hits you know when you start to get a taste of that success or you start to get a taste of that something that you've worked really really hard for I don't care if it's rodeo or anything else when you start to get a taste of that you know that just builds the fire in you and that just that just keeps it going you you keep wanting to drive and you keep wanting to get better and so eventually obviously I knew I belonged there you know what I mean and and you know you keep upgrading and you keep improving your horses get better your horsemanship gets better your your things get you know you learn to appreciate now I'm so grateful because I appreciate the things that I'm able to have I'm, I appreciate the sponsors so I have nice tech I appreciate you know the horses I'm able to find that I can that I can have an eye for those and so um, yeah it might not have been easy doing that but in the long run I'm so grateful for it well just like like you said it's just a process mm-hmm. uh, I think that's kind of something that's that's interesting to me is really I mean, even now, you probably work just as hard at it as you did, you know, when you were 14, 15 years old. And it's just, I mean, you have, like you said, better horses and a mm-hmm. better situation, but that's because of consistency and, and working at it every day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious about this because I've been in the situation a lot too. I've never owned a living quarters trailer and I've tried to rodeo a few times all summer long and you end up <laughs> sleeping in the, on the ground or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But it seems like it... Like when I'm, whatever, if I'm in my sleeping bag sometimes. I mean, I remember when I was 21, I was sleeping in a bedroll and I was like, man, it, it made me, it really drove me, but it like, it created a lot of like animosity with me. Like I really, yeah. I, I got, I was very passionate about it, but I'd be, and you know, it, it made the winning great, like it, mm-hmm. but the losing even, even yes, harder sometimes yes, too. Yes, yes. Was that ever a struggle with like the, the lows and kind of the, the you know, because I'm sure you had to take it on the chin a lot when you're first starting out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I mean, you think, you know, like for me, I look at someone super successful and I think, you know, they always catch. They always catch high call. They always, you know, pull through in the short round or they always, you know, do whatever. Well, then, you know things that you have to realize is, yeah, that's the highlights. There's also the low times. I mean, I can't even tell you how many short goes of, you know, miss. I remember pulling out of the Spicer Grip one year because I missed first and second high call, you know, heading and healing. And I just, it's so, you know, disheartening because you know that's not you. You know that, you know, that's not something that you're supposed to do. But at the same time, you look up 
it happens. You know what I mean? It it happens, and it's not the it wasn't the first time, and it won't be the last time. But you know, none of that matters if you come back home and you get to work on it and you learn from it. And you know what? The next year, I came back high call and I didn't miss. So right. you know, it's um, all that stuff is learning. Right now, I'm going through such a low time after having you know um, a kid and and taking you know however many months off I'm coming back and like my riding is 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 so off and just just everything feels off and this is it's a very challenging time but as I'm older something that I've learned that I wish I would have known when I was 13 years old is that it's not after getting and winning as much as you can or have or I have it, it's not necessarily the the winning lasts that long it's right. it's here and it's gone. And yes, it's amazing and it's a great feeling, but if I could have known a long time ago that the process is what is the fun part. You know what I mean? It's the everyday. It's don't let yourself get frustrated. You know what I mean? Don't let yourself if something's going wrong, stop, take a breath and go back and restart because you know what? It's that's what all of it's about. It's the every day. If you don't enjoy every day learning and getting better and, and working hard, then this probably isn't the sport for you. But if you can learn to enjoy that, this is the greatest thing you can ever do. Right. Well, so. and it's just like you said, the uh, Spicer grip missed first and second high call. Mm -hmm. The next day, you're probably practicing, right? Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. Uh, haven't you won that rope in heading and healing? Or is that the Wendy Ryan am I thinking of? I can't remember, but I think it, I know I've won the Spice Group. Yeah, I think I have won at Heading so, and Healing. And then probably the next mm -hmm. day after you won at Heading and Healing, you were in the practice pen <laughs> practicing. Again. Exactly, yeah. I exactly. Mean, winning is, it, it's such an important thing, and we put such a huge emphasis on it, but I, I've said this a lot. Uh, I'm afraid of good practice for a long time. Like if I have a week or two weeks <laughs> of really good practice, I can get really complacent. It's those days where I struggle really bad and I'm upset and then I get to that night or whatever, I'm putting horses up and I get to start thinking about it. That's when I feel like I get better with my roping and can improve oh. on myself. You know, or how did I, how did I act? How did I ride my horses? How did I handle it when stuff was really going yeah, wrong? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, if you, if you haven't been through a struggle, you're probably not at the top. You know what I mean? Everybody's at the top has been through a struggle. And it's the struggle where you have to dig deep and actually figure things out. And once you figure those things out, it makes the next struggle a little easier. Right. You know, I mean, if you just, if everybody just walked through this and it was simple, everybody would do it, you know. But, um, and I just think you got to have fun doing it. I mean, you really do. I think one of my favorite places is that I've learned that I want to create that atmosphere at my places. Um Go rope with Trevor Brazil for a day. Go spend a day. Go. What? It is the funnest thing because that guy is working so hard at how many different events, and there is not a dull moment. I mean, we laugh the entire time that we rope. It's it just it's fun, and it's it's like I say, it's he has learned how to enjoy the entire process, and he can be laughing and at the same time working his butt off at something particular right then. You know, and I just think that that's such a such a good atmosphere and such a good thing to be around is just that positive feel and just and 
enjoy it. You know, enjoy the tough times. You know, the tough times are what's gonna what's gonna bring on the the good times. You know. Right. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, it's pretty cool too, because you, I mean, you get to be around a lot of guys oh, now yeah. that rope really well, and and even like being married to Charlie, and I've I've got to know him pretty well. Um, I was, I remember reading that post that where you kind of talked about how he would, I mean, he gets up every morning and goes mm -hmm. to the gym, and and mm -hmm. what are some of the things like you've learned from you know being with Charlie and how how he goes about it, and and how do you how do you guys kind of build on that? Oh. You know, and I'm not just saying this because this is my husband, but if you think you've seen somebody that works hard and tries at something, I guarantee you they don't work as hard and try as hard as that guy. I mean, I've never seen, you know, things don't maybe come, not in a bad way, but like they don't come natural to him. You know, like um, some people, you're talented and, and, it, and it flows pretty easy. You know, he's talented, but it doesn't come easy. He has to really dig deep. And so I've, being with him, I've seen, you know, what it really takes. You know, I get lucky because I'm, when I started, it was pretty natural for me, you know, and, and, and things, it kind of, you know, just the coordination and things happen. You know, I've seen someone that has to dig deep every single day and go above and beyond. And it's just, it's amazing to watch and, and, know that you know there are people like that and and it pays off for them you know and he he does an amazing job and you know it's fun here because like I said there's a certain atmosphere that we want to have at our place there's no you can ask anybody who's ever been here they'll they'll never see you know negativity they're never going to see you know yelling screaming I know they talk about husbands and wives you know that's a hard place you know we don't have that we're not going to have that you know this is our life this is what we have to do day in day out if 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 we can't learn to enjoy it and make it a respectful place then what's it worth doing you know why right. would we do this if, if it's going to be miserable out there um so so we've learned to enjoy it and and make it that type of atmosphere out there and that's to me that's so important because i don't want to have i don't like all the um you know certain type of coaching and the certain type of atmosphere and so i like that we can feed off of each other he's my eyes sometimes i'm his eyes sometimes and um you know it just it just it just helps build both of us right so. I, I think it's so cool too because I, I mean both you you guys are both pretty i like to break it down and you have lots of drills and and mm -hmm. different ways of training your horses training yourself i mean i know like you'll you and Charlie both will go to the gym. You guys would take great care of your horses. You know, you rope mm -hmm. the dummy. I mean, everything you guys do has a purpose and it is working towards something. And then to be doing it and happy and loving it and, and yeah. loving the horses that you have. I mean, you guys have really done a great job with your Thanks. horses. And it, it's, it's really, really cool to see that. Thanks. And we're just like our program that we want to get going. You know, we've only been married for four years now and um we're just now starting to get some of the finished products you know that that we kind of want through our program through you know finding the right type of prospects and and the right horses and and kind of letting them build up through a stepping system all the way up to his level you know what i mean we're not going to be able to keep them all but that's kind of our that's our goal is that they come up through you know just they keep climbing the ladder until they're able to go you know win at the pro rodeos or him ride them at the NFR or, 
you know, something like that, or they make somebody else a great horse. And so we're just now starting to see kind of what we're wanting. You know, the first kind of one, I guess, was Sailor, the little bay that he won on a bunch this year. Yeah, and that's kind of so what good. we're what we're aiming for is to have horses like that coming up, you know, all the time. So how, how do you think you've um, gotten better at picking horses out and, and what has kind of influenced that to finding these horses? You know, I think that um, I rode a lot of horses and a lot of horses that I wouldn't even ride anymore. <laughs> you know I mean? There's no way I'd step on some of the horses that I've rode in my life, but they've all made me better, you know. Um, so in just after time, seeing the ones that, okay, I'm not going to spend a year trying to make this horse do this that he's not naturally built to do or doesn't naturally want to do or uh, you know some it, so it's a matter of kind of when I start off you know reading their mind and reading their body type and their structure and 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 how they're made and what's going to be easy for them what's going to be easy for them to do for a long time at a high rate of speed and all that stuff so after time of being able to see all that and know what's worked what was too hard to make work and didn't have enough of a reward at the end. Yeah, I might have made them, got them to do it, but are they really ever going to stay like that or really excel at it? No, I'm probably, now that my time, especially, you know, with the baby and everything, my time is is so important to me. Right. And so I'm having to really structure that and learn how to restructure things. I can't just, I've ran in circles my entire life. I just, I stay busy. I just go, 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 go. And I always had a lot of horses and here and there, and, you know, doing that and now I'm having to be smarter about the ones that I pick that okay this horse is going to be able to do every event for me and I think he's going to be able to do it well and it and and possibly progress to another level um and so um I'm just having to be a lot pickier and know that even though I see one that I might like and I know I can make him do it I know this one's going to do it better so do this one and 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 do away with kind of the the bottom half kind of developing so. some standards and yeah. from the experience yeah. you've had with horses exactly i think that's such a such yes. a great thing i want to go back to the <clears throat> roping a little bit um you know i want to talk about the all girl at reno i i was there and got to watch mm -hmm. that i thought that was that was really really fun to to see can you kind of take me through the couple weeks as far as uh you just had a baby and kind of getting <laughs> ready for the roping and mm -hmm. and and then on top of it, um, I mean, there's there's so many life changing things that had happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the last year, what was that whole getting ready for that roping and then to be successful there? What was that all? Kind of take me through that. Uh, you know, um, I, I had gotten so excited about coming back and getting back to roping and stuff. And of course, you know. When I got pregnant, I was like, oh, I'll be able to come back easy. You know, I'm, I ride all the time. I'm in shape. You know, like, I can, I'll be coming back. You know, it's not, it's not as bad as everybody says and everything. And, of course, then you do it and you realize, oh, geez, <laughs> this is going to be a little harder than I thought. And so I, I went to my first rodeo, I think, two weeks after he was born. And just, it was one breakaway run. And, and I got through it. I did get a place, one-third. But, like, it was just, it was pretty easy. It was pretty fast. And, um but once I got back to really go and I realized, you know, how hard it was, luckily I kind of kept my good horses that I know are going to take care of me. And I just concentrate on riding those for those, that five, six weeks. And so I got ready, um, for like Memorial weekend and, and the windy Ryan didn't go 
as good as I wanted, but um, not terrible. And then I went and won Chris Neal's that weekend, um, split it, and um, that was a big breakaway roping that's right. over Memorial Weekend. And so, um, you know, I was I was pretty pumped after that weekend. I thought, okay, I got this. But you know, and after that, it was time to really kind of buckle down and start heading and stuff. And so, um, I got to work on that and. And like I said, everything felt pretty good. But I went out there, you know, that's obviously the biggest roping at that time, you know. And so, but when you have a net stall behind you, I mean, it's like, Jackie, just go catch and turn the steers. You know what I mean? Just go catch and turn the steers. And so luckily my buckskin's so easy and he kind of took care of me and, you know, spun those. That, that roping's so hard because it's in her one time. You drive all the way out there. Right. You know, and it's like, just let everything go right. And so, you know, it, everything was an adjustment with the baby and all that, but they've made that weekend so good. And, you know, I just made it pretty simple myself. I tried not to get ahead of myself and just go catch the steers and let her clean everything up. And it just all worked out awesome. So, so your mindset going into that rope and, um, were you ever nervous or do you ever kind of get up tight or trying to, you know, or do, were you really like, I'm just going to keep it simple and I'm just... I'd really told myself that roping because I know what it's like. I know when it's inner once. I don't care if it's the open ropings down to the, you know, whatever. If it's an inner once, anything can happen. I've watched it year after year. And so I told myself I was not going to do anything that wasn't more than run out there and make four practice runs. Right. Just go make four practice runs. And that's all that was that was my goal the entire time is do not get ahead of yourself. Don't do more than what you can at this point. Go make four practice runs. And that's exactly what we did. And do you think that that same discipline, because to me, I, I think it applies a lot of the time and just mm -hmm. understanding your run and what your your job yes. is and yes. staying with that. Is yes. that something you're constantly working on? Kind oh. of that mindset? Yes, because. I feel like, you know, since my number got raised to a six lead, I think that I have to do more. You know what I mean? Instead of thinking, okay, my number got raised because this is where I roped at. Right. You know, this is what I did before. And so I'll catch myself the higher the rope and the more I'm trying to do. Well, I get ahead of myself. I get ahead of my horses. I get, you know, and, I, and I'm I get totally out of my run and I just beat myself when I do that. And so a lot of times I'm having to get back and check and say, look, I mean, even though sometimes I feel like I can do this, you know, and it's not that I haven't done it before in the practice, then don't get ahead of yourself. Go, go make that run on that steer happen just like you would any other day. And that's, that's what's going to help you win this number roping, you know? So I, yes, constantly trying to tell myself to, 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 um, you know, do what you do, what you're prepared to do. So do you ever get nervous now or? <laughs> um, yes, I do. <coughs> uh, I haven't. I tell you what, the breakaway and the heading is not near as bad. I don't catch myself getting really getting nervous because I have a lot of confidence right. um, in those. Um, you know, yeah, when you back in there, I don't care. What it, when you back in there for a lot of money, yeah, the nerves come up, but it's kind of gotten better as I've gone more about knowing how to handle those and turn them into 
positives and not nerves like you're going to throw up, you know. So how, um. do you, how do you do that, though? That, that's kind of a, I feel like that's a huge, huge struggle. This, for, is where, this is where I talk about my husband going to the extreme. He's been reading lately on how to breathe differently when your nerves come right. that controls your heart rate. And you can actually put it down into peak performance rate. Mm -hmm. And so he, he does a bunch of that and he, he works on that. And, and I've done a little bit in the sense that when I have felt myself get nervous, I do make sure that I breathe. I make right. sure that I breathe, and then here in a second, it'll it'll kind of calm back down. And then, you know, the biggest thing that I tell myself is that, you know, when I do get nervous like that, and I feel like it's getting towards a negative way, I'll tell myself, you know, you can only control what you can control. You know, that's it. And whether you catch or miss, everything tomorrow is going to be, after this run, it's still going to be just the same. You're going to go do this again, and it's going to come up again and do all this, and it's like, what good is this? What good is this? These nerves? What are what good are they doing? And so, if I'll talk myself like that, be like, "Look, this is all you can control. You can control what you see on your start. You control what you do. If the steer falls down, if anything happens, it's out of your control. So just worry about what you can control and don't let all that take over. You know, process. Yeah, just, just process just oriented. Process. And uh, will you have? like a certain mindset every time in the box or what will you try? Do you have a process that you go through? Like once you start getting into the box or, you know, I'm probably a terrible one to talk about this type of stuff because I think that I've done it for so long that it kind of just is like a natural process of what you're doing. I mean, you know, you get ready. I think about a run. I think about, sorry. And the last thing, I, you know, I'll see that run. I'll picture that run perfectly through my mind. However many times. And then when I back in there, last thing I'm thinking about is just right there, what I'm going to see at the start, how I'm going to start. And then the rest, I know my muscles are going to take over. Right. So I don't want to clutter myself with thinking about too much. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the, the simple-minded, yeah. keep it easy, and, and go with it. Well, and it's so hard, too. When you're in the box, if you're thinking, to me, if I go to different things or want to work on where my rope is going to be, like mm -hmm. where picking my rope up or how I'm swinging, it takes away from the very first thing. Yeah. And that's riding your horse exactly. and scoring. And, exactly. And I think that that's why we rope the dummy and do these things yeah. is to have the, that muscle memory and foundation down. So when yeah. you do go to competition, you can just trust your run, like, like you're saying. Exactly. And, and being able to just go back to it. Well, the mind can technically only concentrate on one thing at a time when you're making a full contact run. Right. And, and so that's why I even tell people in a practice run, pick out one thing that day one thing that you're going to accomplish. I don't care what everything else, what happens on the rest of it. I don't care you catch, miss, whatever. If it's riding, you concentrate on that one thing that day and you ride good that day, no matter what, so that you're training your muscles and your horse to do that one thing. Then the next day, move on to the next thing, you know, and that way you start piecing that all together. And, and I know it's hard. I, I'm guilty of wanting it all to come together now also, but like I say, it's all the process. If you got that, if you went out there and you missed 10 steers or 10 calves, but you accomplished the one thing that you were trying to accomplish, who cares? That's part of the process. You got it. That You got, you accomplished something that day. And um, so if you do that in the practice pen and you have that conviction, which I'm a firm believer that the more technical that your open gets and the better that you get it, the more confidence you have. So the less nerves come. You know, you have that conviction in the practice pen right. so, the, so the nerves don't come because you have a lot of confidence in what you're doing. And, and so I think when it comes time to rope, like you said, think about the first thing you're going to do and 
and that's all you can really think about. And the rest of the time, your muscles should take over on what you've trained them to do in the practice bin. Mm. I think it's it's so important to differentiate those two things. Is if you want to add to your roping, mm -hmm. uh, I was saying this the other day. Uh, a great roper is someone who's really not afraid to miss and. Mm -hmm. That's because they know that they can work on things like, hey, I'm going to just work on my left hand and my body posture today. And, and if they yeah. run 10 steers and they miss all 10, but they rode their horse perfectly, yes. they understand that that was successful. Yes. They'll probably work on why they're missing the next day. Yeah, exactly. But that's how they build it up. And then being able to balance those things out to, to build up your muscle memory, but then to get ready for competition, I think mm -hmm. you got to be able to shut all that off. And then mm -hmm. be able to make some runs and, and, you know, to have both of those things. And that's, yes. I think that that's a really, a really important thing to add to, to yeah. your open is being able to differentiate improvement and getting ready for com competition. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing too. Like I know that something that I, I struggle with a little bit is, you know, having training horses and, and going through the training and, and then not getting like my feel for I don't think it hurts me as much in the heading because I know that the ropings I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of still, I'm going to use my training and be realistic with my swings and, and kind of my riding. Now I might not make that run as fast, but I can always step that up at the rope and pretty easy where I struggle is more in the breakaway where, you know, I'm constantly training instead of coming across there one, two. And so, you know, right now I'm in a rut of, all right, coming back, jackpotting I'm fine I can take an extra swing or two and go set four runs up and and win money that's okay what what I don't feel has come back yet since having the baby is my rodeo run and that's just off of timing one two and being able to reach and throw no matter where the calf is okay. well who better than to do to practice that against than JJ Hampton so like yesterday when the weather came or I have it scheduled to go rope with JJ Hampton because to me, that's the best in the business at one, two, you know, like that timing. And so that's who I'm going to go rope with. That's who I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put myself in that situation and do that stuff. And I think that's something that people have to do is don't get complacent. You know what I mean? I, I don't care what level you're at. I, I see so many times people get hard headed in their roping or their training or whatever. And they think they know, you know, I don't think you ever know, you don't ever know enough. And so I want to constantly learn. I want to constantly be going. I don't care if this person doesn't do, you know, if a certain person doesn't do, you know, half the things as good as you, they might do one thing better than you. Well, you go study that one thing they do better than you and you figure out what it is, you know? And I think that you, you can't, you can't ever think that you got it figured out, you know, get, always look at who's doing something better and, and look at what, what it is that's causing them to do that better and try to apply it into yours. And then that way you're, you're working on every aspect of your roping. Right. And, and don't even, and don't be afraid to ask them or go practice with them. And Absolutely. I, mean, I think you can get so much out of, out of it just by saying, Hey, I noticed you do that. And it, you know, yeah. you, you might get a game changing explanation for your roping. So, I mean, it, I've go, had that happen so many times. <laughs> go turn out for them. Yeah. Go work the shoots and, and watch and just watch. You don't have to get in their way. You don't have to, you can go accelerate their day, be an asset to their day. You know, don't, I know like people's time is valuable, but you can go learn by just going and watching. If you see somebody like that, I mean, like I said, go help them out, go, go help them and say, can I come watch you? I'll work the shoots. I'll do whatever. And study that person and see what they do. I'm, I know for me, I'm a visual learner. And so if I see somebody doing something, 
I can turn around and mimic it. Now, you might not be able to just explain it to me and, and get me to do it without me seeing it. But if I can watch you do it, I can turn around and, and try to do it. And well, so. And developing a feel. Because uh, to me, sometimes when I explain something that I'm doing, I, it's, it's not really maybe what it looks like or I describe it wrong, mm -hmm. but it's the feel of what I'm describing. And so that, that's so different for everyone. And that's why mm -hmm. I, I do. I, I try to, to watch a lot of roping and I'll, I'll, I yeah. agree with you completely. I think that's <laughs> an that's a important thing to do. And I think something that's truly important is that, you know, the horsemanship of, um, you know, the roping part. Don't just get complacent and, and go just watch ropers. Where you're lacking is your horsemanship, you know, or it might be where you're lacking is horsemanship. So go to a horseman right. to improve that part. Go see what they, you know, just get a feel for a truly broke horse. Or, you know, he might be able to tell you, well, your, you know, your cues are totally off, you know, look at this or this. And then you can put that back into to your roping, you know, just look everywhere. I mean, there's always, there's places to learn everywhere. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's the one thing about roping is there's so many different aspects that go into it. Our horsemanship, our mechanics, mm -hmm. our, our mind, and, and there's all these people that have mastered certain parts of it and to take yeah. little things from what they, what they do or what they see, I think it is so important. Yes. Uh, one thing is, you know, I, I, has to be a huge challenge for you is you break away rope, you head, you heel, mm -hmm. training horses. And I mean, there's a lot of, you've got a lot going on. How do you balance your days out and try to, <laughs> to, to manage getting better and, and improving your, your breakaway roping and your heading? And, and do you take aspects of, you know, what you do in your breakaway roping to your heading or? <sighs> you know, Obviously, I think the more time that you spend in the middle of a horse and the more time you spend swinging your rope and, and actually roping is helping you all the way around. So I think that's an advantage that I do have is that this is what I do. And um, no matter what I'm doing, I'm, I'm helping myself. But I think that now if, if I wanted to get good at healing, I think that I have to cut myself short on the other things and just heal you know especially healing because that right. takes me a lot that's that's an event that does not come natural to me that is an event that I've shed lots of tears over and it is so hard for me I cry I get mad and I just you know and so if I want to get good at that I have to cut myself a little bit short in the breakaway and the heading you know um it is a hard balance it, it really is because I feel like the more that I concentrate on one I'm slacking on the other, and at all times, there's always a breakaway roping or a team roping, or you know, there, it's just it's it's not like okay, here's all these breakaway ropings. Let's concentrate on breakaway roping, and then there's going to be some team ropings. It's all the time. I mean, it's every weekend. We might go from a breakaway roping straight to a team roping, and and so, um, like I said, being being able to rope and do all the events, I think helps just in understanding the horse and and being able to ride and and all that. But I do. It's hard to balance and make sure that you're getting enough of it, enough runs of every event. Right. And so it's it's a hard balance, but, uh, you know, I try to make it work. <laughs> just try to plan your days out the just, best you can. Yeah, and just, you know, certain horses might get headed on, you know. And that's the other thing in, in trying to find, you know, um, 
horses that are better for me that suit my time better these days, those horses have to do multiple events. I don't keep, it's very rare that I keep one event horses. All of my horses right now that I can calf rope on, I can also head on. And most of them I can heal on. My good breakaway horse is a terrible heel horse, so I don't I don't even attempt it. It's awful. But but most of them I do all three events on. Right. And so um it's a little hard to balance like, okay, I'm gonna go break away some calves and then I'm gonna go head. Well I might have already roped calves on that horse and you know, so I might get to rope, you know, three or four calves and then go rope three or four heading or heel or whatever and just try to rotate what horses get what each day and and um make sure that I'm still getting enough runs and everything. I, I think it's a good idea though, just being able to because their, their stride and how they leave and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of feel with that. And mm-hmm. I could see a lot of similarity, especially breakaway and heading as mm-hmm. far as, you know, what, if you got like a quicker strided horse, you know, yeah. you can have that timing where you're picking your rope yeah. up and still be pretty, pretty similar heading and healing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, we talked about, you know, you've had lots of failure. If you haven't <laughs> rope much, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you haven't had any failure, but. <laughs> Uh, to me, there's there's times where it's just like almost devastating failures at the time, and then they end up being huge, life-changing failures and in a positive manner. So, what is your biggest failure at the time that turned to you know that ended up being something real positive, a big positive impact on your life? Hmm. Goodness, um, you know, I uh. I guess the most money that I've ever had go to down is I came back high call at the U.S. finals one year for like 90-something thousand a man and um, got a leg. But, of course, like for me, I was heading. But to me, you know, I'm thinking, did I cause that? Like, did, did I cause that in my, in my, you know, in my handles and stuff? Well, after that, I kind of went home and went to work and, and trying to do better on, on my heading. Cause I was like, okay, I know that if I can do that good, I, I know I can finish it. You right. know what I mean? And so, um, I went to work, you know, that winter, that was in October. And then the next by January was when I rode that same horse and it was actually Charlie's horse. And I rode that same horse. And that was the year that, um, he convinced me to enter the open at Waco and I qualified for the American semifinals for right. the first time and you know and so that was kind of a uh, just one of those deals that you know is disheartening but at the same time it it went around and that was to me for me that's one of my biggest accomplishments is is you know qualifying for the American semifinals you know twice as a as a girl in the open I mean I didn't you know I've never roped in the open in my entire life you know right. <laughs> and really gone at like a rodeo setup ever and so um to kind of do that and see that, you know, I entered um, Brian and the Open, and here I am, like I said before, I'm freaking riding in the box behind Clay and Jade, and I'm just like, what in the world am I doing here? You know, like, what am I doing, Charlie? Right. Why'd you convince me to do this? This is stupid. And then next thing I know, we end up in the top 10 and headed to the semifinals, you know. And so, um, I don't know, I think that was a that was a huge uh that, kind of a turnaround. That's a big, big moment. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you've got to be like to me. It it's hard. I, I I mean, especially I remember when I first got down here and started roping against those guys a little bit. It's such a tough 
the deal when Clay tries right over your shoulder oh, and, yeah. and you're just like, man. Yeah. And, and you're just so far out of your comfort zone to me, is what I, at least <laughs> so I So far out like. of your comfort zone. I was zone. like, man, I, and it, it's hard. And you know, the coolest thing about it is you learn so much about yourself. And that's oh, yeah. what I love about competition and the bigger the moment is you get to see, well, how did I practice getting ready for it? How did I handle it when things were good or things were bad and, and how to, you know, how to build on it. And that, yeah. that's so yeah. cool to, you know, to yeah. see both, both parts of it, right. you know, the, the not being successful at the, at the U S finals for a lot of money yeah. and then, and then taking it and adding it to your game. And, and I mean, I've watched you had a lot, especially like, uh, was it Salinas a couple mm -hmm. years ago and Cheyenne and stuff? Mm -hmm. Those, um, what was it like going to those rodeos? Oh man. You know, I think that one thing that, uh, is kind of hard for me to, cause you know, you'll put something on social media and uh, get some reactions, you know, like girl power. And then, you know, I know that you have the you know, some of the guys like, oh, she thinks she can rope, like whatever. And it, there's nothing like that. I'm not like, I'm not entering the open ropes to be like, oh, I think I can rope with these. What good is it to do this if you're not pushing yourself? If you're not, you know, trying to rope with people that are better than you. You know, I can go to the all girls or go to the numbered ropes for the rest of my life. But right now, I, like, I want to push myself and so it's so fun having Charlie that he pushes me to do those sorts of things and so the only reason that I've entered the open ropens or the rodeos is because I love to rope I love like what time in my life would I ever back in the box with at Salinas how many girls get to say that you know what I mean not many it, and not many or back end of the box at Cheyenne like you hear I only get to hear about that stuff and so just the idea of doing it and just pushing yourself it's not that you know, it's not like I think that I'm going to go make the NFR. Like, it's not that. It's it's that, okay, Selena, Cheyenne, a couple of those places where riding your horse and just circumstances. And I know that I can score good. I know that I can ride my horse good and I can go catch instead of run up. So why not do that and, and get to push yourself and experience something that, you know, a lot of girls don't get to do and, and just be in the midst of all the guys that you look up to that rope so good, you know, right. I mean, that was just the most incredible experience in the world for me. I'd love to do it every year if I could. Well, and I think that what's so important about all of that is, you know, you talk about being confident and, and to me going and doing your job in a big moment is the best way to build your confidence. Oh, up. Yeah. And, and then to constantly like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. It's like, oh, yeah. you, it's like you can't lose. Like if you go there and you're not mm -hmm. successful, you're still going to go home and work at it. And then if you are successful, it just builds yourself up. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're, I mean, you're just, you're building your confidence up and winning or you're learning from your losing. And so you're getting better at that yeah. too. So it's just like. Yeah, it just, for the love of it and the love of our sport and the respect that I have for those guys that go day in, day out and do that against each other and just battle it out it's just you know to even like I said to even back in the box I mean you know I'm you talk about getting nervous yeah that's the only time I've ever been nervous you know what I mean and yeah. so that's a whole new rush for me you know I mean yes I can continue to go the same ropings that I've gone to for 20 years now and I'm not going to get that rush like I like I did say you know 
at Brian backing in the short round to, to possibly go to the American semifinals. I know that that's, that a lot of guys do that. A lot of people do that. But for me, that's, a, that was a fun, just, just a, just a cool experience. And then to get to go and, you know, um, me and Mike Jones went to the top. I made it again, uh, the next year and, or I guess two years after that. And, um, went, I roped on my breakaway horse right. in the head and, and qualified and then took, um, the bay that Charlie held this year, which had been the first time I'm running him. I'm the only person that before the top, you know, all the American qualifiers, the semifinals, I'm over there running my horse through the barrier to see if I can get him <laughs> through the barrier. You know, I'm right. like, oh my gosh, here I am going to, you know, with all these great guys and I'm over here running a colt through the barrier. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you going to, you're going to embarrass yourself. And so, yes, I'm nervous. You know what I right. mean? That's a nervous setup, but same thing. I told myself, don't get to hear yourself. You know, do what you can do. You know you can score good. You know that you can hit the barrier and go get on. And two steers, and we get to go to the top 20. And so that, I mean, by far, that's the coolest experience that I've gotten to experience. So I'm, I'm happy that I pushed myself in that way. That's really awesome. It, it's cool, too, because to be able to remove doubt and go compete, just like you're saying, that, that's so hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember numerous situations where I wasn't confident in my horse and and then I just went out there and sucked because I was way off my my game right. like what I should have been focused on and, right and you're like man but to to hear that and I mean it's there's so much to like you're so excited about your horse and what you, what you've done and it's just something to build on it's really oh, that's yeah. really cool so Jackie one thing that you know I, I wanted to make it a, a big goal is there's so many especially younger kids that don't get to be around it all the time and kind mm -hmm. of this this atmosphere but they still are pretty passionate about it but it seems like that you know there's <clears throat> lots of excuses or reasons why not to and a lot of people really do and a lot of kids love to do it but they hear a lot of noise about how much money it takes or you know mm -hmm. all these people with these opportunities but I you know we get to talking and you're like I mean you didn't have anything really huge opportunities like a building or living quarters trailers money to throw at at roping you mm -hmm. just had to take what you had and use it and and just enjoy it the whole time um could you kind of talk to me about if you could give advice to a young kid about just chasing that aspect of it what what you'd tell them to do as far as how to become a you know, better at the, what they're doing and how to find out if this is what they want to do and how to make no excuses. <laughs> well, I think that you said it right. I mean, my pet peeve is excuses. You know, there's, if you want something bad enough, you will do it. I don't care what your circumstances are. If that's what's put in your heart and that's what you want to do and that's the actions that you take towards that goal, you will do it. There's no excuses. I don't care what you don't have, what you do have. There's people that have come from every walk that make it to the top and make it and, and reach their goal, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's rodeo. I don't care if it's business. I don't care uh, other sports. I don't care what your circumstances are. You know, if, if that's something that you want to do. Now, I'm not saying that all you can have is a passion for it. You got to have a work ethic and you got to have a drive. And you, it is, yes, some people are going to have advantages, but you can take those advantages too and, and they're disadvantages. 
in the long run. Somebody who has to work from the bottom when they do get to a certain point is probably going to have certain aspects about them that are better than the person that had it easier, you know? And so, you know, if things are, if you're given things, that's, that's amazing. I'm not taking anything away from anybody who, who has more opportunity than some other people. They have to, that's, that's one thing about rodeo. It, it, it never just gets handed to you. You have to work at it at some point to make it in, right. in this, in this sport, you know, the rope and you've got to put in the time. I don't care what horse you get to step on. I don't care what it is. You've got to put in the work. So I'm not taking anything away from anybody who has opportunities. And, but if you don't have the opportunities and you're walking in and you're seeing all these disadvantages that you have and the things that are piled up against you, don't give yourself any excuses because, because you can work through all that stuff and, and still make it and probably have, you know, a better work ethic and, and more appreciation for it when you do get it. If you have a horse on bale of hay and something to pull the hay, That's you, right. you've got a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Kind of, you won state your junior year, mm-hmm. and then um, how many times did you win the region at college rodeos? Was it three times? Mm, went to went to college at Vernon College and won. Uh, I got my butt kicked my freshman year. I mean, my, I got my butt kicked my right. freshman year. Like it was terrible. <laughs> I didn't know how to score down here. All I knew was nod, ride, pull, and throw. That's all I knew. But but I, I'd got that part figured out. And so I got my butt kicked my freshman year, my sophomore year, come back, figured out some things that I had to work on to compete down here against, you know, in my opinion, the toughest region. Um, and sophomore year, won the region and won it from there to my senior year. And so, and then won, won the college finals. Um, my sophomore year. That's so. pretty awesome. Yep. And w- was it right about that same time or right after that that you went uh, to train a little bit with Larry yes. D? Or how did that um, come about? I had some mutual. I ended up staying after my sophomore year at, at Vernon. I had, was going to come to school in Stephenville. And so I had made some friends in college radio. And um, I ended up coming to Stephenville to live for the summer and rodeo and rope and train some horses and stuff. And um, got down here, and like I said, I mean, we rented a place, and of course, <laughs> low of funds, didn't have any calves. We had an arena, but no calves, right. and um, I ended up at some rodeos right after the college finals um, through mutual friends. I had met Larry D, and you know, like I say, just, you're just a sponge looking to learn. Well, I was so, my, like, when I was in high school, I was so ignorant. I, I kind of went to, um, I went over the 4th of July, and a friend that I was with had said, you know, um, hey, come on, come on, Larry D's fixing a rope. And I ran over there like I knew what I was talking about. And I was like, who's Larry D? Like, right. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know any, you know, I didn't know anything. I'm here, I'm just this, you know, kid trying to figure this all out. And so anyways, she was like, uh, she's won pretty much everything. And so watched her rope and then, you know, obviously knew who she was after that and watched her everywhere. But um, kind of got to be friends with her. And I asked him at an amateur rodeo finally that summer. I said, is there any way, I mean, I'll work. I knew I didn't have any money to offer. I said, can I work? Can I clean stalls? I'll, you know, work on the ranch. I'll do whatever. Can I come rope a couple days and ride my colts that I have? And they said, yeah. And of course, you know, she gets that all the time. And so, you know, yeah, you can come over and rope. Yeah. yeah. And so I get over there and I was going to stay for that week and stayed for that week and roped and rode horses and worked and all that. And so I went to leave. I had to come back to Stephen Village. She she's like, hey, um, what about coming back? Just come back and rope some more and 
work and stuff. And so I guess it worked out. And so I turned around, went back and um, ended up riding Colt and working. And, you know, that right there was such an amazing opportunity for me. Um, like I said, growing up, I had people that stepped up and helped me so much. Right. You know, when I was trying to get it figured out, I can't even think I'm enough. And my mom was amazing and pushed me and drove me and had horses. But like when I went to live at Larry D's, I finally, I got to ride the type of horses that I want to ride now. Now, don't get me wrong. The first outside horse she put me on was a little roan pony that would wheel out and kick up and try to butt me off every time that I would try to ride down the arena. So right. I didn't get to just start off on the good ones. Got baptized by fire. <laughs> no. So she tried to torture me for a while. And and they would torture me because I was the new kid, you know, and I mean, I got tortured. But um, then, you know, you toughen up. I was pretty sensitive back then. So, like, I would, I would cry on the... You know, I'd get upset, cry, and then finally I just got where I just, I might flip her the bird or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it, I ended up working there for, gosh, I think seven years. Right. And and to, to be able to, and that's where I started getting to go to schools and learn with her. And just, you know, the opportunity to, to ride those horses, and that's where I got where I got to go you know, rope with Trevor and meet so many people that ended up being such an influence. And, um, you know, her horsemanship is, is amazing. And, and to be able to, to see that and learn from that day in day out for that long is just, I mean, obviously that was just a staple in, in my training and, and everything I've been able to do. And just the teach, being able to learn to teach, you know, that, at the schools and the clinics, being able to learn that that's, that's not something that's natural for people. I don't, right. I don't feel. And so. I think it's so important to like be able to go there and work and help her out and mm -hmm. really offer her something like you said before you expect something back. And that, that's probably what helped you create that opportunity is being out there helping her. And then on your way home when she's like, Hey, I, this, this person will try. And yeah. And I think if you do that, the right things will happen and you'll put yourself in the right situations. If, you, if you're willing to help other people out and you've got a good work ethic, mm -hmm. other people will notice. And if you mm -hmm. want it bad enough, you know, those opportunities will come along. And then being able to take that yeah. is, a, is a big thing. Because that's, yeah. I mean, Larry, Larry D is, she's great. I mean, there's so many things that. She's amazing at her job. Yeah. Like she's amazing. been able to train some really good horses and what, mm -hmm. and how she's learned about it. And. That's cool because you can see, you know, you can see where you've, you've taken some things that you, you know, you've liked from her mm -hmm. deal and how it's been a big influence. And, yeah. and now like, it's just one more thing you've added to your, to your rope and yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was definitely, you know, one of the best opportunities of my life was to learn, right. learn from her. I mean, she's, you know, as far as riding horse, as, as far as a woman and the, most men, I mean, as far as riding a horse and, and, you know, being sharp with your rope, she's as good as it gets. Right. Something I get asked about all the time, I get this message on Facebook or, you know, um, is younger kids want to know how they get sponsorships. And, you know, I have a hard time answering that because I don't, I've never gone and gotten a sponsorship, you know. And I, I think about this a lot, and I think that my answer to that is mostly you can sum it up with, um, you know, impress someone, you know, impress someone with your work ethic, impress someone with how you act, you know, at the rodeos. Right. 
impress someone with your horsemanship or impress them with your attitude, your, you know, the way you present yourself, impress them with how you take care of your horse, impress them with how you take care of your tack. You know, no sponsor is going to want to go sponsor somebody that they see throwing their stuff around and not taking care of it. No sponsor is going to want to go put their stuff on a horse that hadn't had his tail brushed out or his mane brushed out, or you can tell hasn't been fed good. Or, I mean, why, why does a sponsor want to do that? You know, why does a sponsor want to put their name and slap their logo on someone that's out there throwing a fit and jerking on their horse in the arena? You know, I mean, I so, completely agree. <laughs> you know, I, trust me, I know, I know sponsors that talk about it even, and I know that there's a lot of stuff that goes on even at the pro level that I don't agree with as far as, you know, throwing fits and acting silly. And I know the sponsors will talk about it behind and be like, it's just embarrassing, you right. know, um, but when you impress someone enough, you will get approached, you know, and when you impress someone with all those things, you're probably going to be winning because if you have all those things in order, all that falls into that climb of being successful. And when you're successful, people want to help, you know, they want to help you on the journey also, but they're going, it's going to have to come with a price. And that is to work on the things that you need to work on that are, that are on your way to the top. And then before long, when people see that, they, they, want, it. they want to approach you about a sponsorship. Right. Being, you know? being a winner. Just yeah. being a winner. A winner. And not in the arena, just in the arena. Yeah. Being a winner when how you take care of your horses. And just like you said, it, it's so important. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, you know, we, we get a lot of resumes now, too, for X Factor. And it, it's really interesting to me because I'll get someone that's like, hey, <coughs> this is, will you sponsor me? And that, like, a lot of times we don't even get a resume or anything. They're just yeah. like, what hey. What have you done? Yeah. And, what have you and, done to impress me? And the, the hard part that I have is in the rodeo industry is there's this idea of entitlement. That mm -hmm. you owe me something for nothing. And it should be the exact opposite. If you want sponsored <laughs> by a company, you should be able to provide value. Exactly. And how do you provide value? You can represent yourself and that product in a really high manner and, and quality. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then being able to talk and, and help sell the product or promote the product yeah. in, in other ways that they could see possible. And if you can do that, you're worth as much as any NFR guy. Exactly. But if you just like, hey, I want a patch and money, that's worth mm -hmm. nothing to companies. If if yeah. you don't believe in the product, if you don't represent, you know, if other people aren't seeing these patches on you and, yeah. and someone that they want to cheer for and be around, mm -hmm. it's worth nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's there's so much that goes into into all of that. I mean, there's going to be people that are just are going to get sponsored just because they're winners. And, and how do you not have right. your patch on someone that's going to win a lot? Does it mean that those sponsors are necessarily, you know, proud of some of the things about it, but they're winners. And so they're going to be sponsored. But where, like you say, any more the value that people are looking at, you know, it, and like I say, the winners, they put in the work somewhere. They've got a work ethic in some way. You know what I mean? They've, They've done some, they're taking care of their horses. I promise they're not, they're not winning on stuff. They're not feeding good or they're not, you know what I mean? They're, there's all, there's all, in some point, all the stuff is headed towards the same direction. Right. You're going to have more value as, like you say, being a, you know, a good communicator, being a good teacher, being a good, 
but in some way you've worked at something to impress someone with those values. And that's how, that's what's important anymore, you know, and is, is where they can set their, their money or their products. And, and like you say, have a value that comes back. And, and I think that kids, you know, something they don't understand is that, I mean, people, sponsors, all that, they talk to other people. So I don't care if you think a sponsor's there. If you act like an idiot at some rodeo or you do something that's not correct, I don't care if that sponsor's there or not. Word Somebody at out. that rodeo, somewhere along, I, I have people come to me, uh, you know, sponsor, hey, what do you think about this person? Well, you know, I think this person's great. She has a great work ethic. She's, you know, um, a great attitude. I think she's going to get somewhere and do this and, you know, and then some of them, they might be like, and I'm like, well, <laughs> they're going to do good, but let me tell you how they're going to act outside the arena. Right. Or, you know, let me, this is, this is what I know. Um, let me tell you what I saw or, you know, so-and-so saw. She acted like an idiot over here, you know, threw a fit, did whatever. You know, all that stuff comes back. You, you got you got to have control of your emotions and you got to have composure about yourself or someone's going to know about it and those sponsors are going to hear about it and as soon as they hear about it they're going to shy away from it so long story short if you want to get sponsored and you want help be somebody that can help them right and everyone wants to be part of someone's story if mm -hmm. they're working towards great things and trying to become something i mean if someone wanted help just like you got help from LD and I'm sure you've helped a ton of people out you know through through your you know with your roping and stuff but it they want to be part of that and I think that to understand that if you can have that work ethic like you're saying and represent yourself in a really professional manner that's the foundation uh, you know I, I feel like sponsors too it's like they're short term they're like give me 500 bucks give me a thousand give me whatever ten thousand dollars well it should be the exact opposite. How can I make this company $10,000? Because if I can do that, they're going to give me, we're going to have a great relationship for a long time. And, and how to provide that in value is, is something, it, you know, stop thinking so short term and start thinking long term. How could I have a, a deal with a company for the next 15 years? Provide them that value. I think that's... Yeah, I agree. Well, and two, like, think about this. I, I mean, I wear classic patches, and what does that do for classic? Probably not a ton. I mean, a little bit of brand awareness. Right. But I remember watching, and it was Charlie that did it. I remember him, like, taking his coiled-up rope and handing it to a kid. And I was at a rodeo um, in Corpus Christi, and this guy, the volunteer, roped a little bit. He took my rope off and he was talking to me and I had a brand new heat and he had never swung the heats before. And I let him swing and he's like, man, that feels so good. I was just like, I just gave him the rope. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I did it is because I seen Charlie, like that was the idea in my mind. I probably would have never have done it, but I don't know that that provided any value to Classic at all. But I know that there's a chance that guy swinging the rope, yeah. seeing someone use it. I talked to him about the rope for a minute, why I used it. I mean, that guy might be using classic Sold ropes. classic from now on. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, but that's... The hope. But, but, you know, you get guys like Charlie who does it when he's in a bigger... I mean, it was on TV when I seen it. I'm mm -hmm. sure what... You know, some sort of... Right. I think something. it was for the American or something. Right. But you get to see something like that. And then, 
and I do it and it kind of trickles down to the guys that probably aren't seen much, but that's where you yep. start to see value. And, and, you know, I may never hear from that guy again, or he might, pop he up might, somewhere. Yeah, he might call classic and be like, Hey, pace freed. Yeah. Gave me this rope and it is the best feeling rope ever. Yeah. You know, that might mean a ton. You, you yeah. never know what it'll be, but yeah. it's, it's about creating depth, you yeah. know, with these companies and yeah. depth and, and really good relationships, not how and many people see something. You know, and that's where I am like, I was getting I'm so, tell him to hold on. <laughs> I am so adamant about like the companies that you choosing companies that you truly believe in down to the core. Right. You know what I mean? I'm a terrible salesman. I'm the worst salesman. I, I cannot just sell you something. And there's people that are given a gift that they can BS and sell something. I don't care what it is. And they'll switch companies and BS and sell that. Like, I'm horrible about it. I, I really am. Like, so if I believe in that company and I believe in the people running it and the people behind it, I, I'm game. And I feel good about myself, too. You know, I feel good. I feel right, you know, representing you, you know. You know? The perfect example for me is Sparty. I remember when I filmed with Al Bach. And I'm talking to him, and he's got the American flag in the background. He's got the Texas flag in the background. He's out there with his guys, and he's, you know, he's trying to develop a product, and he's working on becoming a better coach. And you're like, man, that's this is the guy that owns the company, and he's yeah. out there bleeding with everyone else every day. Mm -hmm. And then when we filmed with you on the on the Smarty Junior, mm -hmm. and he's pulling the dummy. Right. I mean, he's out there. In like, it. That's someone I want to be. I want to be involved with, you know, right. someone that's out there doing it and living it and trying to make it into something like, I'm like, man, that, that's really cool to be part of it. Yeah. Part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I feel so, so blessed to have the companies that I have just because everything about them from the products to the people behind the products, I believe in them. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's so important for me as a, salesperson as a you know as a representative of those companies so well, people don't really buy the the sales pitch they buy off how it'll benefit them mm -hmm. if you like your boots you like your hat you like your mm -hmm. rope and it's what you're going to use even if they don't pay you and exactly. you represent them like that exactly that's a that's a win yeah i mean that's that's what the companies want yeah. and that's why you want to be involved with companies with high integrity and mm -hmm. high standards and, and hold yourself up to even higher standards. Yep. Yep. No, I agree.